Hello and welcome to the Villa Talks podcast. Welcome to the pre-match show, Shaw. We're back. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm just watching the West Ham game and uh, Frankfurt just hit the post. Ah. <laughs> anyway. I was watching ta- I was watching Taskmaster, so I've had to oh, yeah. you know, give up the second half of Taskmaster. Oh, no, no. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Sure will be worth it, mate. As you can all hear, AJ's with me this week. Uh, just us two today. Nice uh, nice and cosy, isn't it? In the just podcast the dream studio. team, mate. Just the dream team. As AJ's reminded me, we've done we've done doubleheaders before, um, me and AJ, and it's gone down well. So looking forward to this one. We're going to keep it pretty pretty loose this time. We're not going to do the usual um, usual format. Uh, just going to re- really preview the Norwich game on the weekend and then look back at the Leicester game. Obviously, it's been quite a few days since that game as well. So not don't need to go into it too much detail, but just get AJ's thoughts on that as well. Just have a general chat, really, more than anything else. So uh, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? AJ, how have you been? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, mate. Uh, tired. Uh, my children have both had chicken pox. My daughter currently has it. Oh, so, uh, yeah, she's. I mean, she's all right, but uh, just you know, creates extra. Yeah. Better to get the weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we thought she'd escaped because my son had it, and then she was fine, and then it was just like a week delay or whatever. So then now she's. She's got it and she's off school and all of that. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, mate, all good. How about yeah, you? Yeah, all good, mate. Yeah, just um, coming towards the end of Ramadan, as we were just talking about off air. Last two or three days left. It's getting a bit, I guess, a bit more difficult towards the end, to be honest, because it gets, well, it has been getting longer. Uh, the days have been getting longer. So uh, just an extra two or three minutes a day it does make a difference. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting to Eid and getting back to normal, to be honest, but well, good apart from that. I saw something on Twitter earlier with uh, Mane talking about all the special stuff yeah. they do at Liverpool for him yeah. and Salah. And I guess there's probably a few other players Is there at Liverpool, I don't know, but definitely those two. Yeah, yeah, uh, less. Um, yeah, yeah. I think changing uh, their training schedules and all that I think sort of stuff. Naby Keita maybe is one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get Do you get any special uh, arrangements at work, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just get, you know, plenty of nutritional advice, you know. Uh, <laughs> Training sessions are in the first thing in the morning, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Good stuff, yeah. Keep it, keep it loose. But um, yeah, it's good though, isn't it? I mean, uh, I think maybe last year was the first time I saw it, but this year a lot more. Uh, I've seen a lot of games there sort of stopped them um, for the, yeah. play, let the players. Well, as soon as they're breaking play, let them break their fast and carry on, which is which is really nice. Um, which is which is really good. I mean, you don't have to do that, but it's, it a, big, it's a bit depressing seeing people breaking their fast with a. Energy gel, but yeah. I, you know, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I do know. I play Mondays, and uh, Monday was the first play football on Mondays. And from this Monday, last Monday gone, was the first time I had to break my fast during the game. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have an energy gel. I had a, had a, had a Clement, had a Clementine. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I had. I like some of the um, more exciting flavors. So, like, uh, there's a fruit salad one, isn't there? You know, remember, like the sweets. Yeah, oh, science and sport do it. Oh, really? Those. Oh, interesting. No, no, there's, one, that. there's one that do like a custard one, but I didn't get on with those ones. They taste nice, but they didn't. You know. Oh, yeah, of course. You're, uh, you're, I did see, actually, you're, you're cycling the weekend, weren't you? Or was it last weekend? Uh, did I cycle at the oh, weekend? Last weekend? Probably, I normally do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is that you have your energy gels. Yeah. Yeah, easy to carry, aren't they? I try and have a mix, because if you have too many, they can make your stomach go a bit dodgeball. Really? So I try and have, you know... Maybe an energy gel and then alternate with some solid, what, solid food. I like a, mu- pengu- 
like a penguin sometimes to keep it going. Oh, yeah, nice. Read the, read, read the joke at the back. All that. Yeah, and a, but bananas. Bananas are always good, but you can only really carry one banana, even if you're on a, a long trip. So, you know. What, what, what kind of mileage are you doing on average, I reckon? Uh, I'm not quite back up to full fitness yet, so it's around the 40, 50 mark on a, on a weekend. All right. And then you treat yeah, yourself a to a big... short, couple of short ones in the week when I can. Treat yourself to a big meal. And you finish. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. You see, I see. I always see in uh, Warwick and Leamington cyclists always four or five of them stop off and then go for a big. Yeah, the pizza coffee stop is a big thing, but I don't really get a chance for that with uh, my home scenario because when I leave uh, my partner with the kids for three or four hours to go on my bike, if I was then like I'm also going to have an hour in a coffee shop. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. You're not, you're, just, not uh, you're not a 55 year old man, yeah, are you? It's not yeah. very fair. <laughs> with really. grown up kids. So, uh, plus I'd quite often uh, cycle on my, on my own. I enjoy the headspace. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, I like it. I like it. Good. Yeah, yeah I've been uh, not, not, well, I've gone to cycling during the pandemic a little bit, but I bought a bike, exercise bike. So I've been doing that quite a bit. But yeah, yeah it's a good, good way to just get some, Get some calories burnt, to be honest, whilst watching a bit of TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, should we should we crack on? Should we talk Villa? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So uh, well, let's let's, let's let's go with the uh, let's talk with the Leicester. Start with the Leicester game. Um, mm. A bit of a weird one, really. Uh, not not the greatest performance, but the positives are a clean sheet and, and a draw as well. Um, I think you were from what you said on on WhatsApp, you went went to downbeat on the on the overall result all the performance defensively, were you? Well, I mean, first thing to say is it was an absolutely dreadful game. Like, was, if you yeah. were a neutral watching that game, it was very much two sort of mediocre mid-table teams who largely cancelled each other out and didn't really have much to play for. Leicester, obviously, weren't quite full strength because they had one eye on tonight. Um Last time I saw they were losing, I think. Are they still losing? I don't know. Uh, but they obviously weren't quite at full strength. So um, I, I guess we need to account for that. Um, so, yeah, not a good one to watch. Um, but I guess what pleased me about it is one of our, I guess, concerns with Gerard and criticisms of him is, you know, he came in and made us very... Uh, tight and difficult to beat early on when he came in. And then I think he tried to impose his um, possession-based philosophy and approach. Uh, and I, I think there was an extent of trying to run before we could walk a little bit and that he maybe should have stayed a bit more pragmatic for a bit longer. Mm. Um, and I felt like in the Leicester game, you know, obviously he'd won three or four on the spin, uh, lost three or four on the spin, sorry. And he, he knew we couldn't afford to lose another game, you know, at genuinely at risk of, I, I think we're safe from relegation because the, the bottom three are, you know, um, but genuinely at risk if we continued on the trajectory we were on um, of getting dragged into it and at least having, you know, looking over our shoulders for the for the remainder of the season. And I think... Uh, probably rightly, he was very pragmatic and he said, look, you know, we're going to be tight in this game and we're going to try and be direct and hit them on the break. Um, and we had some success with that, actually. And I think probably we had the better chances in the in the game. Um, I don't think either side really did enough to deserve to win it. And a nil-nil draw was probably about right. But if anyone was going to win it, I, I felt it was, it was probably going to be us. Um, so... 
look, it's not how Gerald wants to play. Um, it's not how any of us want to see the team playing in the long term necessarily. Mm. But I, I think when we've quite vocally said on the on the pod several times in the past that Gerard needs to do what he can with the players at his disposal before he tries to impose his system and his team if he doesn't think he's got the players to do that. Hmm. I feel like he, he kind of did that in that game and we got a point from away from home, uh, a relatively tough place to go. And uh, So, look, it, it's a kind of bit of a dump squib of a, an affair yeah. really yeah. but it's like I can't really I can't really criticize him for taking that approach um to, to that game when it's got us, it's got us a decent point you know so yeah I think it's one of those you know it was a combination of us being a lot more organized I thought tactically a bit more astute as well uh, but also Leicester being fairly poor as well yeah. in, a, in an attacking sense you know they're like likes of yeah. Madison and um, Daka, etc., not really firing for them um, or creating chances. So it, it was a bit of both. But at the same time, there was a, there's a few there's a few positives. I thought um, Watkins led the line well, um, yeah. worked hard. Uh, maybe could have done better in terms of end product in a, on a few occasions. I thought Leon Bailey's second half on the left hand side was a lot better his, than the first yeah, half. His proper position. His once. proper position. I, I thought it was pretty poor in the, in the first half. Um, Coutinho non-existent. Actually, Young I thought was 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 pretty good. Was probably our yeah. best best player, maybe. And then I suppose moving on to the next subject, I want to talk about Buendia. Yeah. I, I did think that the mood shifted a little bit when he came on, and we definitely looked the better team going into the final stages of the game, and and looked the more likely to. Well, I say the more likely to win. No one looked likely to win it, but we looked the better team going. Yeah, going into the final whistle, and and we were definitely trying to make something happen with the, with the, with the changes that we made. I, I do wonder, and we've discussed it already, but I suppose for the listeners' sakes, what were your thoughts on Buendia getting the time he's, he has had? But bear in mind, I think Gerard did say afterwards that he maybe was struggling with a little bit of a knock. But but that's not yeah. to say he hasn't had that much game time recently anyway. Yeah, he's, yeah if he's been injured, then, then fair enough. But there's no doubt he did more in those 10 minutes than Coutinho did in the entire rest of the game and it's a really we're in a really tricky position with Coutinho I think because you know what's he played now 11 12 games in three of those he put in performances which were some of the best attacking performances I've seen by a Villa player in the 30 years I've been I've been watching so uh absolutely no doubting his talent um and I, I still think I still am probably 55 45 in favor of signing him but if there's eight or nine games where he just goes missing and that's probably a slight exaggeration he's been okay in some games or he's had a good first half and then disappeared in the in the second which i think was the case against spurs for example uh, you know and i've seen people sort of calling it out on twitter and say look we've got a world class player now we've got to try and keep him and i understand i understand all of that um and i, I don't entirely disagree with it but at the moment, we're in a situation where we've got a very good alternative uh, who we've actually already spent money on, um, and he's not getting the game time that he that he deserves. So I think, regardless of the decision around Coutinho, 
you have to find a way to play both of them. If we sign him permanently, then you've still got, you know, that unless we're going to sell Buendia, then you've got to find a way to get both of those players into the into the side. So it's it's a tricky one. Um, and I've I've said this before as well. Like if you if you look at the sort of uh, four three two one Christmas tree type formation that we, yeah. we think is what Gerard wants to play. Uh, and then Coutinho and Buendia should be ideal as your two tens in that in, as your two tens in that system. Now, obviously, we've questioned whether that system works, um, but if that's what he wants to play, I can't think of two better players that we're going to get than Buendia and Coutinho to play in that role. So, Gerard's given it enough of a chance those two because they've played as two tens and it hasn't worked. But it's probably been what two games where they have played together like that in that manner. Uh, yeah, I, I can remember. I'd have to look back at how many games it's how many games and, it's and been. how, how, how think, important if we are going to play that how important is then the midfield around that then to support yeah, them, exactly. to allow them to play uh, like that yeah, I think there's too many as we've talked about there's too many issues with that system to to really get into you know that specific area of the pitch whether though that combination is is right you know there's so many issues around the position of the eights the position of the fullbacks who we've got playing at six all of that so it, it might be that you solve some of those problems with a better descent, defensive midfielder, perhaps eights who keep the ball better or have learn the um, positional discipline a bit better, fullbacks that are push forward but are a bit more circumspect or a bit more sensible about when and how to do that. Um, then perhaps in in that situation, then those two players, um, you know, in your two ten your two tens role um is gonna work a bit better. I, I I don't know. I mean we we said on WhatsApp, didn't we, that it, at the moment you think the best way to get the most out of what we've got is probably some kind of four, two, three, one. But it requires you to drop either one of McKinn and Ramsey or perhaps arguably both of them, because I think your best two to play in a four-two-three-one as the two would be Louise and Nakamba, yeah. Uh, if they're both yeah. if they're both fit, because those are the two more natural, deeper line players. And then you could play Coutinho as a genuine ten, Buendia off the right, where he was very successful for um, Norwich, and Bailey off the left. But also, all of the big teams pretty much have moved away from that system, and I, I don't know enough tactically to know why that is, but there must be a reason why they've why they've done that and why they've moved to various variations of a, a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3. Um, you know, I'm not Jonathan Wilson, so I can't tell you why that's happened, but obviously there's a reason why. And so moving to that formation in the long term is probably not right. But again, we've got to balance that with the short term and getting the best out of the squad. So, Yeah, um, it's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think if you look at a lot of the... We talk, we're talking about some WhatsApp as well. You know, the, the, how do the better teams play? If you, you know, Gerard wants us to be equally good at dictating the game as we are playing on the counter. You know, that's what that's what he said. You know, he wants us to be good at with sixty percent of possession and good with that thirty percent of possession. But if you look at the, the the best teams, you know, they play with wide players. They play with genuine width. They don't yeah. play with just the fullbacks providing the width. And we've had a big issue where you know, they, they, and all the bit all the best teams have fullbacks that bomb up and down, but not at the same time. Um, but also they have overlaps. You know, there's a, there's, there's a, they're always overlapping. They're always, tr- uh, yeah, they're, they're always trying to move in and around the ball, uh, double up on players and, and things like that. And we really, with this formation, I just struggle to see how we're going to do that because Ramsey and McGinn are always going to be 
inside fullbacks. You know, they're always going to be yeah. tucking in. They're never going to be taking over the fullback. And then if you have Watkins doing that, then you've got no one in the central positions. And Coutinho is never going to do that because that's not his game. So you end up in a yeah. position which we've seen, which has worked in some games, to be fair, but not most games, is where you're really relying on a number 10 to pick out a pass out of nothing, a really difficult pass to play someone through. Or and it's usually magic. one player they're trying to play through as well. It's Watkins yeah. against two or three defenders, so it's very hard to find that that pass. And, and to be fair to Buendia and Coutinho, I think they've they've done that more often than yeah. than the most yeah. players in those positions would. But yeah, it's a struggle. And you know, we said as well um, watching the Liverpool game, Trent Alexander Arnold's most dangerous position now is not on the overlap. It seems to be in you know where where the wide players stretch the defence and then he takes up that position sort of uh, level with the edge of the um, corner of the of box, the, yeah. of the penalty area and maybe 10 yards out from the box and crossing the ball from there. Um, it seems to be his most dangerous position now. Um, and, and that also then puts him in a good spot if it does break down to support the midfield in terms of the, the high press and not letting people get out on a break as well. So, I think, it's, I think it's interesting and, you know, we've, we've talked about in the past, you see it with Cancelo as well, um, not necessarily, you know, you know, City are quite different from Liverpool in a way in the sense that they have, you know, um, wide players genuinely hugging the touchline uh, and they almost play with a front five sometimes, don't they, um, yeah. City, because they're so dominant in, in possession. But yeah, you're right, like none of those teams rely solely on... Um, the fullbacks to provide the attacking width. You've got either a, a genuine front three with forwards who pull pull wide into the channels, um, or you've got genuine wingers. Um, you know, be that Grealish or Mares or um, Foden there. Some sometimes for, for City, um, those sorts of players. We, yeah, our system, the four three three that Gerard plays or the four three two one doesn't really allow for that. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I find it difficult to see how that system is going to work even with, with better quality players in different positions. But, you know, I'd love to be proven wrong about that because um, you know, p- particularly that front three of Coutinho, Wendero, Watkins has good potential in my opinion. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for, for me, for, for me, there's this. It's just two ways. Like as we said earlier, it's the four-two-three-one with two, not holding midfielders, but definitely two more deeper lying midfielders. Maybe one's more of a destroyer, one's more of a a player like I don't know, maybe like a Tiago or a Silva or a Cato or a Henderson that's going to get up and down the pitch a little bit more, but still provide that defensive solidity. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I said to you, uh, to me, we're playing, we're playing Douglas Luiz as though he's Fabinho uh, yeah. in this system, but actually, he's more similar to Thiago, and not on the same level in it remotely. I mean, because yeah. obviously, Thiago is yeah. uh, unbelievable, but in terms of the type of player that he is, uh, I, I think he's he's more in that in that mould. Um, and uh, yeah, even you know, even Liverpool, they've got Fabinho, who's obviously fantastic in, as a defensive midfielder. But then you've got Henderson around him, who's disciplined and will win the ball back as as well. Um, and we just don't. None of our three midfield players are um, as robust as either of Fabinho or Henderson, in in my opinion. So um, 
yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a much more exposed midfield, and, and I think we need to add solidity to that. And, and actually, also getting Buendia in the team does that as well because he's so good defensively, higher up the pitch as yeah, well. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Buendia right. Bailey left Watkins up front, Coutinho in the hole. Yeah, I think that would that would work well. And as you say, Buendia is going to work so hard. And I think Bailey works hard as well. To be fair, I don't think yeah. he's a he's a lazy player. He's just not end product's not been there. But talking of midfield, before we move on to the Norwich game, we saw the the passing success rate against Leicester. Part of it yeah. was obviously by design. It seemed like we were trying to go long early and, and try yeah, to say try and, try and try and beat the press, but. You know, apart from Louise and Ramsey, who had, I think, mid eighties or high eighties in terms of pass success rate, McGinn sixty seven percent. Yeah, uh, all, all the defenders are sixty odd percent, and then Watkins as well. Coutinho very similar. It's, it's quite. I don't know. It's just I. I, I get. I get the point. You want to be direct, but still, there's going to be second balls and and, and third balls to win, and then you're going to try and get it down and play. For for those kind of players, and McGinn especially to get sixty seven percent, that's really really poor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very poor. Um, and uh, I, I, it's getting to the point where I'm not really sure what McGinn's best position is. Obviously, he plays higher up for um, for Scotland, uh, scores a lot of goals in that role. He's done that for us in the past a little bit, but not very much. Obviously, he's been very good for us as a midfield player uh, at times. Um, but again, if you want to move to a more possession-based system, um, is he going to be able to? Is he going to be able to do that? You know, on, on their worst day, um, would any? I can't think of many midfield players in the in you know in the top eight, which is where we want to be. Uh, who'd have um, passing stats that? that poor so um and I don't think it's because McGinn's not a good enough player at this level I just um I'm not sure he's uh the right player again if we if we want to if we want to pass the ball around a lot but then I I don't know it's hard to judge because as you say we weren't trying to do that in this game at all like there was almost no playing out from the back it was all direct Midfield got bypassed a lot. There's a lot of the possession we had was scrappy possession. You know, when he's looking forward, which he always does, McGinn, which we said in the past, he's always looking to play forward. You know, if the only player ahead of him making a run is um, is Watkins and you haven't got, you know, Bailey was poor, as you said. Coutinho was absent, wasn't really shown for the ball. Then his options are limited. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to... I don't want to judge too much on the basis of that game. I don't think, um, you know, I think we went to do it. We went to do a job. We went to make it a scrappy game and to come away with a, a point at least. Um, and I, I think we did that. So I think we could read too much into it. To be honest, mate. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think- I, I, I'm not saying there's, there aren't questions. There are questions, but I, I think, well, you know, let's, let's see. Yeah. Well, let, let's move on to the, to the, the game this weekend then. Um, I mean, I suppose the nil-nil stopped the rot a little bit um, going into the game. At least we're not back of a loss, and potentially against well, they are the worst team in the league. We're playing at home, um, potential to relegate Norwich and obviously Dean Smith as well. Um, before we talk about Norwich, let's talk about a little bit about Dino. There's been some talk about banners for him, etc., and 
whether he's a legend and all this kind of good, this, all this kind of debate. Um, where, where do you where do you sit on all of that? Um, I, I think I think if people want to say thanks to him, you know, he did a great he did a great job for us. You, got, you know, think about where we were when he took over uh, and where he got us to. We've talked before on the pod. You know, I felt he should have been given more time than he was given, but there was a robust case for making a change. I think those of us who uh, were a, a bit key, more keen for him to stay on, I think when the change was made, again, our bigger complaint was, have we made a definite and clear upgrade? And, and I think the, the jury is very much still out on, on that now. Um, so, I mean, you know, we're sitting 15th in the 15th in the league currently, so it's, it's not like we've made great strides. We're, we're certainly going to finish less on fewer points this season than we did last season under under Smith. So, uh, it's still very much a question over that. Um, and so, I don't really have an issue with the banners and stuff like that. The, the only thing I feel like is it feels like a long time now since he went. And I know it's like the first time he's come back and stuff, but... I don't know, there's something about it that just feels a bit odd to me. And I, I'm not criticising the people doing it. And I understand it because he, he did a phenomenal job for the for the club. And, you know, I, I'm personally very grateful for that. And it was great having a Villa fan as manager and all of that. But I, I do think when he's coming here as an opposing manager, um, but yeah, it just feels a bit odd to me. So what do you think? Yeah, I think it's one of those. I think so. To give a bit of background, I think the banner was organised as soon as he left um, yeah. Villa, and the plan was to do it uh, the first game after he'd left. But we then appointed Gerard fairly quickly, and so they decided. Obviously, the new manager they didn't want to do it at that point, so they, they decided to wait. And the club are fully aware of this as well. They they have obviously approved it. They've decided to wait till Dean Smith came back to Villa, which has obviously ended up being this match now. And yeah. um, I mean, I have nothing nothing against it. I would definitely clap him. I see him as a legend because I think we were really struggling there. You know, as much as you talk about Jack Realish and, and that 10-game running run, you know, Dean Smith is, is a massive part to play in all of that and will go down as a legend for me to get us back in the Premier League when we were really down in the dumps. You know, we were almost out, out of business. And obviously that's nothing to do with him, but to bring us back, to go on that 10-game running run, to keep us up, take us to a League Cup final... Um, obviously had a, a decent you know, 55 points last season in a day and probably would have been more if, if Jack was fit I think you know it's hard not to call him a legend especially because he's a Villa fan it means you know obviously if it wasn't if it probably wasn't a Villa fan maybe wouldn't he be a legend I'm not sure but I think because of all of that for me he's a legend and I definitely would appreciate him but I personally wouldn't would I be bothered about doing a banner for him no but I I fully support the people who want to do it I'd have no issues with it at all yeah, same. I, I definitely don't think it's tin pot or anything like that i think it's uh it's a personal choice and it'd be nice um to you know give him a nice little uh round of applause before the game and then as soon as the match starts obviously then it's let's hope we relegate him <laughs> i think it's as simple as that really yeah. isn't it but yeah, yeah i mean what's your what's your thoughts going into the game uh you know how would you line up any changes you'd make well i guess we've just talked about it uh i don't imagine for a second he's he's gonna change the system in the way that we have Suggested, but I guess I guess you never know. Um, I can't I can't see I can't see Buendia playing unless he goes back to the four three two one. So that's the only thing I can see him 
doing. Uh, perhaps Bailey comes out, but I, I also think there's an extent to which uh, he's giving Bailey games because he wants to check him out. He wants to have see him have a run in the side, which he's not had. He's been injured, and he wants to make a decision about his his future and uh, whether he sees him in the squad long term. And he did also say, which I thought was interesting last week, didn't he? That Bailey got picked because he's trained better. He was, you know, trained better than anyone else, and he wanted to reward that. So um, that was interesting as well. Uh, So yeah, I I wouldn't anticipate any changes. I I guess maybe if he's now fit, Nakamba could come in, um, but he's been out for a long while. So I think it might still be a bit much to expect him to to start. the only one, I, the other one that I wonder about is Ramsey because um, he has looked a bit uh, leggy in recent games. I think, um, and I think he maybe could do with a rest. But again, I, I don't imagine that happening. But of course, he's just signed his new contract, so maybe he'll be on a high. Scored a great goal against Norwich in the last game uh, where we played them, didn't he? So, um, yeah, I don't expect anything to change to change radically. But I suppose there are a, one or two positions that you could you could look at in terms of personnel and slight tweaks in terms of shape but I, I don't think much will, will change radically there's, there's a bit of rumour going around that Tim Irogbenham however you pronounce his surname might start the game obviously he had a good cameo uh, when he came on uh, yeah I'd love to I'd, I'd love to see him get a game why not at this yeah. point in the season why not um, and everything he's done so far has really impressed me he's obviously not had much time, uh, much game time, but every time he's been on the ball, he's looked very composed. Uh, he looks very good positionally, good discipline positionally. Uh, looks like he understands the role uh, he's there to play in the team. Um, good in possession. And, and there's been a couple of times as well. Um, I can't remember what the last game he came on in was, but um, whenever his, his last game was before the last weekend, um, where he was like caught under pressure in some quite tight areas and he, he managed to get out of those and find a pass as well. He looks very composed. So, um, yeah, I'd be delighted to see him uh, get a game. Why, why not give him a, why not give him a try? Yeah. And the other one's uh, Brent Chris, Ben Christen as well, um, because of obviously Ash Young might be injured, I think, or might have picked up a knock. So there's rumours that he may get a bit of game time towards the end of the season as well. Another player. Yeah, no. He's played 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 league football, hasn't he? As well, he's played first team football in. Was it for Exeter? I think we signed him from. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I guess it could go either way. If he has um, some good games, then brilliant. If he doesn't, then I guess the questions of releasing targets and Newcastle will uh, will raise their raise their heads again. Uh, Newcastle now in the top half, of course. Yes. Um, yeah, and comfortably uh, ahead of us by six points. So, um, yeah, in, in, interesting uh, decision, I, I think, still to, to let Target go in the circumstances we're in. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not dwell on that. Let's not talk about Newcastle no. as well. I think uh, to depress ourselves. We've still obviously got two games in hand, but we'd have to win both of them. <laughs> and uh, that's not, doesn't look likely at the moment. But I think, I mean, uh, before we move on, and I'm going to do a little bit of uh, Villa Vault, I think, because I've uh, I've just found a game, and I'll talk about it in a, minute, in a second. But before we do that, let's do, let's get your predictions. Um, what what do you what do you think the score will be? Uh, oh, I really hope we're going to win comfortably. I think we should um, three three one Villa. 
for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Villa. Uh, we've actually got a decent record against Norwich for once as well. We've won, oh, yeah. won the last three. Won the last three. Do, you get, do you know what the aggregate score is across the last three games? Oh, uh, God. 5-0, um, 5-1? 8-1. Of course, yeah, we won 5-1. We won 5-1, won, we won yeah. 1-0 and 2-0. Oh, yeah, so course, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, and all time, we've got a comfortable winning record as well. 35 wins and 22 losses. So... A very rare, very rare positive, yeah. uh, positive head-to-head. Um, and they've only won five games all season and only scored 22 goals all season, despite an XG of 29 as well. So people complain about our finishing. Erroneously, people complain about our finishing. Theirs is rubbish. XG of 29 and they've only scored 22. Yeah. As, well, as we've seen the stats today, it's uh, pretty clear to see that we're we're fairly tight at the back, albeit we give away too many goals compared to yeah. what we're actually, in terms of XG against, what we're actually giving away. But it's fair to see that we're not creating much at all, are we? We're not a very uh, dynamic team no, at all. and that's got worse under Gerrard as well. Yeah. You know, I think even under Smith at the first half of the season, we were we were creating better chances. Um, but yeah, I mean, Norwich are genuinely rubbish, so... We should be comfortably winning that game, and if we don't, then you know I, I think it, it would be right to ask some serious, serious questions about where we are, um, really. Uh, but I, I think we will. I'm not saying we won't. I think we will comfortably, yeah. beat and we'll have we'll have more than enough. Um, their top goal scorer is Timmy Puki, right? He's got ten. Their second top goal scorer. Guess how many they've got? Uh, I'm going to say two. Yeah. Is exactly. it the, uh, the yeah. American Josh guy, Sargent? Josh Sargent. Yeah. Yeah. He scored in one game. Two in one, two <laughs> in one game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've got Pookie on ten, and everyone else has got one player's got two, and then every, the, the highest after that is one. So I remember <laughs> the uh, on the Claren Blue podcast they did a uh, preseason uh, preview before the season started, and uh, we had to pick where Villa were going to finish, top four, and all that kind of stuff, and relegation candidates. And I said, "Oh, I think Norwich might surprise a few people. I think they might survive." I think Josh Sargent's an excellent signing. <laughs> I think that were my exact words. Which uh, well, is yeah. it? I think he was injured for a fair bit of the season, wasn't he? He was, yeah, he? yeah. Is yeah, that yeah, right? He was, he was, yeah. But um, I mean, still, still way off the mark. I think. With yeah, Rashid's has done nothing, has he? Considering no. Villa Twitter was so excited about getting him, and then hated him for something yeah. he apparently never said about joining us for a relegation battle or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the way, all the way. So, right. Yeah. Bill of, I'm can, I just mention one, yeah. can I just mention one old, ye oldie game as well, mate? My yeah. first uh, ever game at Villa Park was uh, 3-3 against Norwich in 1990. Well, interesting you say that. Because That's not maybe, the one you were going to pick, was it? No, for because the, Villa Vault? the reason I picked this game for the Villa Vault because this is also my first game ever. And, oh, wow. Uh, um, so maybe your your game sounds better than mine, to be fair, so maybe we should have done that one, but... This well, is, do you this know what? I've got it up on 11 v 11 in right. my game, but Let's for some reason, it doesn't have the Norwich goal scorers all lineup. It's only got the Villa ones. So, so try, maybe try PremierLeague.com. That, that far into history. But no, let's do your one. Right, it's more okay. fun when well, I don't well, know well, any of the answers, isn't my, it? Yeah, we could do both. Yeah, we could. We should do both, yeah. So let's do my one quickly then. So this is 1994. Right. April 1994 was my first ever Villa game. Me and my brother went. Yeah. Um, and Villa Norwich, obviously. Um Fairly low crowd. Effin Akuku was in uh, in the stands. That's all I remember. Sitting behind us, uh, right. 
which I didn't know at the time, but my dad told me, and I, I, for some reason I remember it. And I must have been, what, nine, eight or nine at the time, eight, eight years old at the time. What was the score? No idea. I'm making sure I don't cheat and look it, look it up. 94. Drab mm, affair. Drab? Yeah. 1-0 Villa? 0-0. Nil, nil. You've chosen a nil, nil. Well, I, like I said, I'm What's chosen... the point of that? How am I speaking? <laughs> yeah. How am I going to get a goal scorer in a nil, nil? This is why I say we should do both, because I just wanted to talk about this game because it was my first ever game. First game, nil, right. nil. Terrible game. And yeah. I'm going to give away one of the players. The only thing that ever... The good thing that happened in that game, I think, and I may be wrong, like I said, I was eight years old, so I probably not remember it right, but I think Kevin Richardson hit the bar from way out. Uh, right. And that was about it. Nothing else happened in that game at all. And I still, I still got the buzz and absolutely loved it. Um, should we na- name some name? Let's name the Villa team, and then there's one Norwich player who's got a Villa link. So we played. I think it looks like a four four two or a four three three formation. Yeah. Okay. Four four two or a four three three. So this would have been under Ron Atkinson, I think. So this is the same year that we got to the League Cup final against Man City against Man United. Sorry. Um, okay, which I went to, so I should be able to be quite good at that. Uh, so in goal would have been Bozzy, yeah, surely. Uh, and then, um, back four, who would we ever had? Teal, yep, McGrath wasn't playing, wasn't playing. Yeah. Oh, who would have been in instead then? Uh, young, 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 young guy, young Villa defender we signed from West Brom. Rest in peace. Uh, I know, can't. Hugo. Yeah, oh, Hugo. Yeah. Oh, he must have been really young then. He'd been really young, yeah. This is probably yeah. one, of his, one of his only games in that in, in, around that time. Yeah, because he didn't really come in until a bit later, did he? Um, Barrett. Barrett, yeah. Um, oh, Left back, Irish. Uh, Staunton. Yeah. And then midfield, I named one of them already. Houghton, Richardson. Richardson Houghton wasn't playing. No. Uh, his, his Irish, his Irish uh, teammate. Townsend. Townsend, yeah. And Taylor. No, too no. early. Winger, right winger. Uh, right winger, Daly. Yeah. And then um, a player who player who played in the League Cup final who, who was a bit of a surprise. Inclusion. Fenton. Clarence Fenton, yes. And then the strikers you should get. Uh... Saunders, yeah, and Atkinson, yeah, and then uh, Dwight York came on off the bench, and there's yeah. a, there's only one player in the Norwich team right. uh, that's got a Villa link, um, a striker for them, famous Norwich striker, famous Norwich striker. Who's he got went a to link. came to Villa as a, on loan um, under O'Neill, I think, scored one goal against Everton, maybe. Away, no. play for Black. Play for Blackburn. We league league winner with Blackburn. Famous partnership. Oh, Sutton, Chris Sutton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Ian, Culver, Ian Culverhouse is on the on the on the in the team. Oh, well. was he? Yeah. Oh, wow. We've got to Culverhouse <laughs> finally. To Culver. know, we win. Yeah. We win. What are the rules? Um, look them up on the look them up on the website. Right now, on my one. Yeah, I can't believe this is true. Um, because I found all the Norwich scorers and stuff, but the times of these goals is insane if it's correct. Because according to this, there were five goals in the 90th minute. So no, I, I don't, can't be right. I don't remember it being that 
exciting. No. Um, but our uh, three goal scorers um, are all in a quite famous Villa song, uh, one which I actually sing to my daughter every night at bedtime. All oh, right. Uh, um, uh, Alan McAnelly. Would so in 1990. No, it's all, it's all one song and it's got all three of these players in. Uh, is it my old man? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, oh, nineteen ninety, of course. Yeah, it would have been. Who would have we had then? We have Cyril Regis. Would he be in it? Uh, no, he wasn't. No, no. Who would have had nineteen ninety? Ormondroid. No. Do you want me to sing it? Yeah. No, I just think rolls the ball to. I don't know this song. Oh, I've never mate. seen. I've never Platty. seen Platy. Yeah, uh, I've never. I've never Platty seen this scored. song. Platy back to Paul McGrath and on to Tony Daly. Tony Daly down the wing like a torpedo. Cross the ball in the air. To who would you cross it in the air to in 1990, mate? Uh, Tony Cascarino. Come on. So yeah, McGrath, Cascarino, and Platt were the three goal scorers. Wow. Fair enough. Song. Fair enough. I forgot about bloody David Platt. Obviously, he would have been. Well, obviously, he would have scored. He was our best player then, wasn't he? Is that the year that he went to Bari after that? Uh, Eighty-nine, ninety. So yeah, yeah, that would have been his last season. Yeah, that's just before before I started watching Villa. Probably two. Underrated as well. From like his goal scoring record for England is ridiculous for a midfielder. Yeah, yeah. like it's, oh, it was, it's something like one in three or something he got for England. He was unreal when he. Hey, he doesn't really like Villa that much now, but does he? But no, talent. Yeah. Who, who else did we have then? So we've already uh, mentioned Spink, McGrath, Teal, Cascarino, Platt. No, no Teal. Staunton. Did no. he play then? No. Uh, Keon. Keon, would he have been playing then? No, it's after Keon. Uh, a, a famous mustachioed centre half. Uh, fond, fond of booting it over the top of the stand. Oh. Uh, when he cleared it. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can't remember his name now. It's gone completely out of my head. I'm struggling. Go on, tell me. Derek Mountfield. Yes, yeah, it. God. Oh, Danish, a Danish defender. Nielsen. Kent Nielsen. Yeah, Kent Nielsen. Uh, Stuart Gray and Christopher Price you won't get. Yeah, Chris, well, Christopher uh, Price. So, I, remember, I remember it. Well, I remember them, yeah. Um... Tony Daly, we've had David yeah. Platt, we've had the other centre forward, other than Tony Cascarino, is uh, is Carl Knight related. Oh, only the lonely. <laughs> yeah, Ian Olney. Ian Olney. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Beanpole. We've got Culverhouse again. All right. Um, there are two players in the. Um, uh, in the Norwich lineup with a Villa connection. Oh God! Was Martin O'Neill playing then? No. Uh, Chris Sutton. No. Have you been playing then? No. Mm, I don't know who else. Mark Bowen. We've mentioned one of them already. Have we? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, who played for Norwich then? Was it Andy Townsend playing for Norwich then? Andy Townsend, yeah. 
Uh, and, and the other one didn't play for us, but he managed us. Managed us. Now, Paul Lambert? No, he wouldn't have played for Norwich, would he? Uh, Tim Sherwood? Did he play for Norwich? Tim Sherwood, yeah. Did he? Did he play for Norwich? Yeah, Tim Sherwood. Yeah. Ah. So there you go. Their goal scorers were Raul Fox, Mountfield with an own goal, and Robert Rosario. Robert Rosario. Jeez. Yeah. It's, it's good. Some good was 90s Ka- action there. Was Cow- Gordon Cowan's playing for us then? He would have been playing for yeah, us. Yeah, he did. Sorry. We didn't mention uh, Cowan's, but yeah, he was in midfield as well. He was the only one we didn't mention, I think. Nice. Not in the song. That's, that's interesting. That was a good, was that that was a, we did fairly well that season, didn't we? Yeah. Uh we finished um did we think we finished second? Did we finish yeah, say, did we finish second that season? I think we finished second and I think Norwich were up there as well, weren't they? Well that was the, no, that was the first Premier League season. That was probably that they was, finished yeah, they finished Taylor. third, didn't they? I think we finished did we finish second in this season as well? Or, yeah, no, I think we did. Yeah. Second in this one this, as well. Because this was under Graham Taylor, wasn't it? Yeah, Graham Taylor. Um Mark one. Oh no, we didn't finish second in this one. Yeah. Where did we finish? Oh no, I'm looking at the second division. Sorry. We did. Yeah, we did. We finished second. Yeah, seventy yeah. points. Yeah, finished second. Yeah, this wow. was just before, just before I started watching. And then we two seasons after we finished second again, didn't we? With uh, yeah, with the uh, big, big run. finishing second with seventy points. That's crazy, isn't it? That must have still been twenty four teams as well, was it? Yeah, it was 20, 20, teams, 20, yeah. 20, 20 teams. It was 20 teams. 20? It says 20 teams on here. Nah, that can't be right because it wasn't even the Premier League yet. Yeah, it's first edition. Well, it says here. Oh. It must have been 24 teams. Let's have a look. League table. English league table. This, this, is, great. this is great 20, for the listeners. Just listening to you looking stuff up. It's 20, yeah. Apparently it's 20. Is it? Yeah. I thought they didn't reduce the number of teams to after the Premier League. Yeah, started. they didn't. They didn't do it until 94, did they? But apparently, no. when did First Division enjoy the tapping, guys? Yeah, uh, phone it, f- f- shout at the shout at the thing if you uh, if you know the answer. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, from ninety two. When did yeah yeah? Apparently, it was not. It was twenty. It was twenty teams. Apparently, nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, never mind, mate. Never mind. I think maybe the first year of the Premier League they did twenty four teams and then they went back to twenty. Maybe what, so it went up and down. I yeah, yeah, this. yeah. I don't remember this, but apparently, this. yeah. Apparently, to be fair, you know, apparently it's twenty ninety. I was nine years old, so yeah. Apparently, it's twenty teams. So there we go. Well, there you go. All right. Well, still, you wouldn't finish second with seventy points now. No. Anyway, that's enough of our clicking and searching on Google. Uh, thanks, AJ. That You're was, welcome, uh, mate. It was good, mate. Good, good, to, good to chat. And uh, we'll be back next week, uh, maybe with some of the other guys as well, if they're, if they're back. Oh, let's hope so. Carl's on holiday, I think, so he should be back. Uh, Sam's at parents' evening, I think. Um, but yeah, we'll be back hopefully with uh, after a win. We can talk about a, a win for once. It's been a long time. I can't remember the last time we talked about a win. Uh, would have been the Leeds game, I think, probably. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks, AJ. Thanks for listening. And uh, please just subscribe and follow us on whatever podcast platform you're on. Follow us on Twitter at Villa Podcast or One Word. And uh, yeah, apart from that, up the villa. Up the villa. I love it. Manu Bochanga Lagada.